This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to the Elk Shape Podcast. I'm Dan Staten. This is your blue collar, do-it-yourself, self-guided, public land, elk hunting learning curve resource, where we leverage hunting to create more personal development. Our goal is to educate and encourage our listeners to become the best possible version of themselves through hard work, delayed gratification, and being accountable to themselves. We're live. Hey, welcome to the Elk Shape Podcast with me, Dan the Fitness Man. If you've never been here before, thank you. This podcast is about basically putting in the work, delayed gratification, working year-round towards your goals. Uh, One of my goals is to kill a big, delicious elk every year. And so that kind of drives me to, to make decisions that aren't the sexiest. Like, I always train in the mornings before the kids get up because that's my time. Uh, I try to eat vegetables at every food encounter. I try to be consistent at working out and shooting my bow year round, regardless of weather, regardless of what life throws at me. And I just scout year round. I think about elk hunting and I try to make small decisions and do something every day in the name of better elk hunting. And I kind of talk about that lifestyle here at this Elk Shape Podcast. That could include anything under the sun from physical fitness, like trying to increase your literacy when it comes to finances, trying to understand different ways to invest and how to have as much time as possible to go hunting, try to create uh, you know, regular income, passive income. So we'll talk about business and entrepreneurship and finances. We'll talk about marriage because it's really hard to have an awesome spouse that puts up with as much elk hunting that I do. And we talk about that and balancing being a father and just trying to engage with your kids and all those distractions that are competing for your time out in this crazy world. We talk about faith. We talk about just workouts, nutrition, although I do want to talk more about workouts, nutrition. We'll probably do a good Q&A podcast soon, but that's what this podcast is all about. And today, 
under the umbrella of geeking out on archery, we're going to sit down and record with Mark Hayes. He's an engineer for Matthews. He's been an engineer there for over eight years, and he's got a really cool backstory. We're going to get to know that, and we're going to dive deep on your guys' questions about the V3 bows, uh, some really cool questions on, hey, so what changes did you guys actually make? What technology? Why are the why is this bow only 27 inches or 31? Where's it's just some really cool, unique questions, and uh, he answers them really well. I think you'll get a lot out of that if you're into archery. So let's go over a couple things, and then let's get right into the podcast. Uh, I'm going to talk fast, but that's what I do. So we do have a Black Friday store sale coming up, if you will, and it starts Black Friday and it ends Cyber Monday. And if you need a workout program, if you're on lockdown like I am here in Washington, I created a program called 90 Days to Freedom. It's a garage gym program that needs minimal equipment, and it's fully video supported. So if you buy that, you're going to get a free oak-shaped tee. It's the black topo tee with the bull bugling on it. It's got the Elk Collective logo on the sleeve. It's got the American flag on the other sleeve. This shirt was designed by my buddy John Gabriel of Apex Advertising. Uh, he's awesome. So you get 90 days to freedom. Now you have a three-month workout program that will increase your general physical preparedness, and you're going to get a T-shirt. That's that. If you're coming to an Elk-shaped camp, Black Friday, we have 20% off registration, and registration's already at the early bird pricing, and that early bird pricing expires December 31st. So if you enter the discount code Black Friday, all one word on Black Friday, you will get 20% off early bird pricing. If you get busy and forget, you'll have one more chance. That will be on Cyber Monday to get 20% off registration of any elk shape camp that you want to go to. Use the discount code Cyber Monday on Cyber Monday, and you'll get that discount code. We have locations in, goodness, we're going to Seminole, Texas. That's February 5th to the 7th. And guys, if you have a choice, try to go to that one because that shop owner is Cray. He is giving anyone traveling a $150 voucher for your hotel. So he's going to help cover your travel costs. And he's personally giving away a Matthews V3 to one participant at the Texas camp and he's not stopping there he's going to deck it out in his words so he said all the best accessories uh and then he's going to put new strings and tune it for you right then and there so someone's walking away with a brand new v3 at camp number one camp number two is in Nashville Tennessee at the archery den that's going to be February 26th through the 28th I am going to have my buddy uh Matt Hewitt, who's a big-time CrossFitter, he's won the CrossFit Games on Rich Fronin's team a couple of times. Uh, my buddy Willie is going to help pick out uh, or help work on bows. And then my buddy Logan, who is one of the owners of the Archery Den, that's going to be an awesome camp. Then we're going to Marysville, Ohio, at a boys archery, and we're going to be working out at CrossFit 184. That's March 12th through the 14th. That's going to be awesome. And then we're going to Boise, Idaho. Yeah, Boise, Idaho. March 19th through the 21st at Dead On Archery. We're going to be using CrossFit Boise. Uh, TJ's the owner of Dead On. Elk Nut is coming to talk at that one. Dirk Durham will be at all of my camps as well. Uh, the Bugler, if you've never heard him make sweet elk noises, he's going to teach you how to do the same. Then we go to Lancaster, Pennsylvania, to the Lancaster Archery. These guys are well-known in the industry. They have the sickest facility. I can't wait to go to Lancaster, March 26th through the 28th. 
and that's going to be really cool. Uh, we also are going to be working out at a CrossFit gym there, and it's called CrossFit Uncompromised. Uh, Denver, Colorado, April 9th through the 11th. We're going to No Limits Archery and Anchor CrossFit, Phil Mendoza. We did it there last year. We have to go back. It's just a central hub. They do such a good job. And then we're going to finish in Ogden, Utah at the Baku Center, April 23rd through the 25th. And I'm really excited for that one as well. So those are your camp dates. If you want to go to elkshape.com, you can see where registration is and get going on that. All right, guys, let's get to the podcast. We're talking archery. We're geeking out. This is a good podcast. I think you're going to dig it. I'll catch you at the end. Guys, what's up? Welcome to Elk Shape. Uh, today's a fun one for me because I'm going to get to know one of the guys I've been listening to for the last two years, geek out on bows, and now we get to actually talk to him, get to know him, and kind of pull the curtains back a little bit see how things are done. Um, I've had the opportunity to go to Sparta, Wisconsin. I've got an opportunity to do the factory tour and kind of see behind the scenes how it goes down at Matthews Archery. But today we're bringing on Mark Hayes. He is an engineer for Matthews Archery, and he is a bow hunter. He is a husband and a father. That's all I know. Mark Hayes, what's up, buddy? Dan, how are you, buddy? It's good to be on. Cool. Um, I know you're busy with launch week. So, um, I'm going to go fast and furious. I, I do want to get to all the bow stuff, but I want to get to know you first, man. Like, uh, how long have you been a bow hunter? Well, I think like a lot of people that listen to you, I've been into it my whole life. Um, you know, started with passed down from generation. Um, now my dad was really the, the one that picked up bow hunting though, and he was self-taught. Um, and so from early age, I got to go with him and, you know, learn the ropes and I'm from Pennsylvania originally. So we grew up Pennsylvania mountain hunting, which, yep. um, some serious, like big timber, big Hills, all that stuff. And so I got to learn, uh, that style and I moved to the Midwest, um, back in 2011. And so been learning some new stuff, uh, for sure. Some ag and, uh, different things, but still chasing, my favorite species, which is whitetail, but, uh, you know, the, the West is definitely captivating and it's something that, uh, you know, everyone here at the shop is really into, especially early season, because during the middle of the season, we're, we're hundred percent whitetail seems like around here, but yeah, at the beginning of the season to kick that season off, um, uh, the West is definitely calls. So, um, I get the opportunity to do that a lot and it's definitely trying to weave it in and out of work, but um, something I love, something everybody here loves and, uh, truly passionate about it. Well, that's great. I mean, if for someone as passionate as you, you kind of landed a pretty cool job. Um, but I want to kind of get to that in a second, like Pennsylvania, I'm finally going there to do an elk shape camp in 2021. I'm so stoked because from what I gather, that is a hub when it comes to just bow hunter density, which is super exciting. Is it just some part of the culture or what, what is the deal with Pennsylvania? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we used to get the Monday off at school for the gun season. It's definitely a, uh, you know, a hunting heritage state. Um, but it's cool. you get to go to an elk shape uh, event there because you, you obviously know, but our elk herd has just exploded there. Um, done super well. And, Actually, I, we have a family cabin in the northern part of Pennsylvania, and we're just now getting elk 
migrating to our area. They were a couple, they were a county south of us and they're kind of moving north. So that's exciting. Mm, that's really crazy. I know I see some of the age class of those bulls and I'm just like, good Lord, look what happens when you let an animal get old. It's pretty cool. Some good, good genetics. Um, well, how did you guys, how did you get your foot in the door with Matthews? I got people sending me lots of questions. I told uh, a little bit of my social following that I was going to interview you. So I got some questions sent. I probably should have checked one more time to see if any more came in, but um, just kind of living life. And I got a few for you. And I think this is like the first one. And I thought it was like, yeah, how the heck did you become a bow engineer? <laughs> this is a funny story. I definitely get asked this a lot. Um, it started when I started talking about with you is really my dad just got me into archery. And when I was uh, 15 turning 16, I took my first physics class um, and just fell in love and just like it, it made sense to me. I loved it. Um, and it was uh, briefly after that, I'll never forget it. I, we were shooting with my dad in our backyard and we just pulled arrows and I turned it on. I'm like, I'm going to be a bow engineer and I'm going to work for Matthews. We, my dad shot Matthews and I shot Matthews and just love the company, love the brand, what they stood for, um, leaders in the industry. And I knew that's what I wanted to do. And I set out on a, a journey, uh, to pursue that pretty hard. I, I started writing letters to Matthews that year, um, and actually got a, a message back from one of our, um, lead engineers at the time, Gary Simons, who is from bear archery and just has a legacy in the industry, designed the first program cam on the Delta V and at bear archery and worked with Tom Jennings and just a giant in the industry. And, and that really just set the tone for me and just made me even more hungry. I continued to write letters to Matthews and to be honest with you, it was just, uh, I pretty much pestered them enough to, to get a call back. And it was, uh, my junior year in college, I had sent a few more letters and just tell them where I was, what I was doing. Um, and the stars aligned that year. They needed an intern uh, to do some testing on some components. And uh, I was lucky enough to get a call. And so I came that summer for an internship. I uh, completed that, Was just fell in love with the brand even more and the company and the people in the area. And went back to school for my senior year in Ohio, I finished my engineering degree and then, uh, and I had baseball to finish up. And then right after that, I was offered a full-time job right out of school. So uh, in 2012, I moved full-time out here and I've, I've been here ever since and just absolutely love it. Um, it's everything I've wanted to do. And I, I get to be exposed to some of the best crop of archers, um, in the world. And it's really just drives that passion for sure. Yeah, man. Yeah, see, you thought you were coming on here today to talk about just the 2021 bows. But, man, I got to get to know you, like, just because I think that's important to understand and get some context to, like, your personality, which, honestly, you've already told me quite a bit. Like, you're a pretty much, if it's meant to be, it's up to me kind of guy, which I dig. You know what I mean? Just dropping those letters, being relentless and having a clear like a crystal clear vision of your life and where you see it and where you want to be that's honestly 
that's cool to hear that. There's lots of breath of fresh air. I mean, there's a lot of people that just wander aimlessly. They don't have a vision for themselves, and they maybe would be too embarrassed or fear of rejection. Not you, man. You're sending those letters. Uh, I dig that. So let's talk about baseball for a second. Uh, you played a little college ball, huh? I did. Yeah, I went to a school in Ohio. It's called Ohio Northern University, and they had a fantastic engineering department. And But I had played ball in high school and um, all the time growing up. My grandpa was actually a semi-pro pitcher um, for the Reds organization and uh, just really – been deep in my family and I just loved it you know a lot of life lessons in baseball for sure and so um, I got the opportunity to go to a great engineering school and play division three baseball on an academic scholarship and that really just uh, put the cap on my career you know when I uh, was done my senior year was able to hang the cleats up and just feel good about the uh, the end of that but it was it was something that was important um, uh, in general for me, just, uh, life lessons, like you, like we were saying before, but really, um, just an opportunity to meet great people, um, in the Midwest that also shared love of bow hunting, uh, had a lot of engineers on the team and other majors that were just really, um, majors that, uh, you had to focus on. So we were truly, uh, you know, uh, student athletes there, but got the opportunity to do both and was really, an experience I would never uh, undo for sure. I'm glad that it all came together. Well, so you've been at Matthew since 2012. Is that correct? Yeah, full oh, time. Okay, full time since 12. Um, I my first bow that I bought brand new from a pro shop, not from a pawn shop or something. It was I think in 2003, and it was like a I want to say a VTech or Ultra Tech. It was a Hoyt. And then I shot Hoyt. Somehow I got Hoyt to like let me shoot for them, which what does that even mean when you say that? But uh, I'm not a competitive shooter, so I'm not like shooting for them. I'm just shooting a Hoyt bow. But somewhere along the line, uh, Derek and Caleb swept me off my feet, if you will, and they got me to come over to Matthews. And it was probably between the Halon and the Verdicts. Like the Verdicts had just come out in the Traverse. So I didn't, I've never touched a Halon. Obviously, I've always kept up with every manufacturer's rigs just because I'm like you. I love archery. But that's my history, just so you know. I've always considered Matthews kind of like when I, back when I, you know, when I first started archery, was like, I just remember it was like the single cam. It was like, the one bow that was no nonsense type of very practical stay in tune type bow. That was like my preconceived, but why I'm bringing all this up is like, dude, I don't know the history like you do, but I'm super interested to know like the, the evolution between the Halon to the verdicts, you know, to the VXR to where we're at today with the V3 and kind of, kind of build upon that and see if I can interject some questions that um, some people had on Instagram as you kind of explained to us. And if you need to back up before that, that's fine. But I'm just trying to learn the, the concentric cam systems and, and go from there. Yeah, that's a great question. I will back up. I'm going to back up to solo cam days. Yes. Uh, what that is and then the transition to where we are now. Um, 
you know, in general, people ask like, how do we keep developing things? And there's two paths. One, one path is, um, you know, it's just inspiration that year, you know, as we just keep going over, over and over designs, um, new stuff just develops. However, there's other things that we develop a long time ago and we're working on and we're just waiting for the right platform and the right system to implement it on. And so if we go back to solar cams, solar cams were, like you said, uh, never go out of time, simple, uh, but premium. Matthews has always been uh, a premium brand and solo cams were the driving innovation that got our start and then also built us to uh, the brand that we are. But back in 2014 and 2015, we started developing something that Matt had designs for for a lot of years. Um, it's called the no cam. And what that is, is two completely concentric wheels on the top for your string payout. Still had a cammed cable track, and that's where you get your lead off in your performance. Uh, but concentric wheels, meaning that when the, the arrow is launched out of that, it's perfectly uh, launched because it's got two circular wheels, and it cannot go out of time. And it's just an incredible tuner. It tunes right out of the box, any arrow, any style. Um, and so 2015 seemed like the right year to implement that technology. And we did, and we went full force into a no cam because it was a brand new thing. It was the first time we did not have a flagship solo cam bow. We went all into no cam because it was such a great tuning and shooting bow. Um, you know, I shot, I shoot tournaments and I shot my first Vegas 300, which is a difficult task with the HDR, which was a hunting bow. Wow. that no cam year it's just incredibly accurate incredibly easy to tune um because of those concentric wheels now if you had one knock on that bow and we heard it a lot was it was slower than some other flagship models that year um and that was the you know part of that uh concentric wheel is we didn't get the performance out of it that you could out of a aggressive cam and going into the halon year the next year um it was an interesting development that um, to get more performance out of it, but not lose any of that accuracy and that tunability, that's where cross-centric cams came in. So a cross-centric cam, just 10,000 foot view of it is half circle, half cam on your string payout. And what that did for us was we didn't lose any accuracy. We didn't lose any tunability. We didn't lose that great timing because of that. Uh, but we gained all that performance back because that back half was canned. And that has really set the tone for uh, our hunting line, but even more so our, our target line, um, where they just demand accuracy. Um, but performance is important. And with all the new technology, there's things that happen throughout the years, like brace height. Let's say six-inch brace heights are standard hunting brace height. Uh, it's become, or before, uh, you know, past few years that was a really really short brace height but all this technology that we're talking about lends itself to things that you couldn't do before like that and and so just having that cross-centric cam um that gets all the benefit of that no cam that was developed for years and launched uh in 2014 and 15 um but get the performance that we're getting out of it and that's really where the magic's started to happen and that's where we find ourselves now we are still support cross centric cams we truly believe in that uh system and we've added technologies to it but the base is cross-centric 
So on that cam system, would you would it be classified as a oh boy, a hybrid, a binary? Um, what would that fall under? Is, is from your perspective? So it is unique, and what's unique about it is the ABS. Um, if you notice where our yokes split, um, they go to two big bearings that go on the outside of the cam. That's called our ABS ring, mm-hmm. um, advanced vectoring system. We've had that for a lot of years, and it's been developed and changed to fit different styles, but back in the monster years. And what that does is it sinks the cam like a binary, but stores the energy like a two cam. Um, a regular two cam. And so, and that was, it's really the best of both worlds. You get to store more energy um, in a smooth way um, with an AVS than you would with a straight binary cam. Uh, but you, you get the um, sync synchronization that you need for good tuning out of that system as well, the way that it orbits around the axle. So that is a, definitely a flagship cam technology that we've had and we will like, we just trust and we know that it's good. And it's really why we get performance out of such smooth drawing bows. Yeah. Well, we got the launch. It happened. Um, it was stressful for all of us. Um, you more than me. This is your life's work. I'm just a smacky on the side who likes to bow hunt. But uh, we were scrambling to try to get some good content ready too. But uh, then you get a chance to see people digest. Um you see some people celebrating. You see some people hating. And both are good. Both are good, honestly. Uh, For sure. But uh, I guess I'm prefacing all this to say, look, everybody, coming from where I did, which was one manufacturer to where I'm now, I have noticed the biggest difference for me is uh, I don't think these bows are the fastest bows I've ever shot. I will certainly say that. They're not. But I'm not really a speed guy. I'm looking for kind of like absolute performance. Potentially the right word might be even like a little bit of forgiveness or a lot. And uh, honestly, I need the darn thing to stay tuned and stay in timed. (laughs) And the reason why I laugh at that a little bit is I struggled with that for the last few years before I came on board. And I might get hate for that, but I'm just keeping it real. And I think people know I'm pretty transparent. But what I wanted to say with all that is like, look, man, I got a 27. They get they, You guys gave me an option. Which one do I want first? I went with the 27 because last year, Mark, I shot the 31 and a half versus the 28. And I hunted with the 28 all year. I loved it. And when I picked up the 27, I'm like, man, this riser is so long. It just doesn't feel like a 27. So I guess we better just get right into the V327 since that's what I have. And let's break down the madness behind it, brother. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, your uh, experience is exactly mine. You know, I've always been a short bow guy, uh, um, but I, I shoot tournaments too. I just love being as accurate as physically possible. So I've had both as well, but I always find myself grabbing the compact bow. And this year, again, I'm shooting the 27. Yeah. The 27 is a, is a really cool story uh, because it's something that, it's an actual action length we've never had on a flagship bow. And uh, because traditionally, and this is, you know, what we're really trying to pound home is, you know, a long bow is inherently stable. That's why you see target bows that are long, long axle to axles. 
Uh, they're stable during the aim and they're stable during the violent shot of an arrow, which happens in a split second. But a lot of forces are going on in that split second. And so a longer bow is going to be inherently more stable. Um, but it's not practical always in hunting situations. And so where we've been going over the past few years and where we've just absolutely maximized it is this year in the V3 in both models. Longest riser to axle to axle length that we've ever had. And what that means is if you would build a Halon on the uh, V327, it'd be a Halon 30 inch. And similarly on the 31 inch V3, it's more attuned to a Halon 34 riser. Mm -hmm. And that long rigid riser is where that stability comes from. So we maximize that riser length for stability, but get the compactness of the axle to axle. Now, why I said it, the 27 is funny is because we developed the 31 uh, very, very uh, hard. You know, we were going really hard on that bow um, early on. And with the success of the VXR with the compact and the long, longer version, you know, we realize that there are people that demand both and it's almost exactly 50-50%. And so we don't want to leave anybody hanging um, on, on the flagship technology. So as we we're developing the 31, we we're thinking about, you know, if we made another one, what would it look like? And, you know, we, we said kind of laughingly, like, it'd have to be 27 to get the technology to fit in all that. And that kind of sparked an idea that like, hey, for the first time ever, we feel comfortable going with that compact of an axle to axle because of the built-in stability in that long, rigid riser. And the reason I keep saying rigid is when you make a riser longer, you're inherently making it weaker uh, because you're given everything more leverage to bend it. Um, and so we had to do some uh, really fine engineering on the um, the, the riser itself to keep that rigidity because uh, a long riser is, isn't good unless it's rigid as well. And so there's some new cutouts, there's some new bridging, new truss systems that we implemented to just keep the rigidity of that long stable riser. But what we ended at was something that we've never done, which is a flagship. Uh, one of the flagships being sub 28 inch being at 27 inch axle to axle, but not giving up any stability or accuracy because of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like last year I ordered a 31 and a half first because why would I buy, <laughs> why would I buy into a 28? That's ridiculous. Shot the 31 and a half for a couple months. And then <clears throat> uh, I think Caleb got told me he wanted me to try out the 28 or whatever. So I did. And honestly, the 31 and a half has been shot way less than my 28. As soon as I got that 28 set up, I was just in love. And that's, that's my go-to rig. And so learning from that last year, Mark, that's why I was like, oh, no doubt. I'm going with the more compact bow, you know, cause I, I got the option and I said 27 and I've already shot it quite a bit. Uh, including yesterday, I uh, we got it set up at Spokane Valley Archery. Got it set up pretty much straightforward. Um, just shot through paper, super basic, nothing crazy, not no bare shafts, none of this crazy stuff. Just super basic, keep it simple. Slapped on a broadhead yesterday, got my 20 dialed, 30, 40, 50, and then I just went out to 100 in some pretty good wind and got some good grouping and... I don't know, man. 
I don't even know if I need to try anything else. That's going to be my starter for sure. Because I'm a bow hunter in the Elk Mountains where there is brush, the mountains. And, and guys, that bow adds up when you start hauling around day after day after day. You guys did good. But I do think we got to get to these guys' questions because I'm really curious to hear your answers. Um, and then, Mark, don't let me forget like to have you go over just briefly some of the other lines that you guys have come out with. Um, sure. because there's some, I know that you're, you were personally involved in some proving ground stuff for the ladies bow, um, and your, and your misses. So, um, first question is, oh man, they're coming right at you. So, uh, let's do this. It says top hat system. When will it be updated to be more quote at home friendly, which I think that's debatable. Like the quote elite or Bowtech systems, they like the concept, but without a bow press uh, or a good quality pro shop, it makes it hard to tinker. That was um, actually I won't say their names because I don't I don't know if they wanted me to, but that was just somebody who follows me on Instagram. So there you go. Great, great question. Like the opportunity to answer because we, um, you know, he said tinker in there, and we don't believe that you're going to need to tinker. Uh, we are really confident in the top hat system because it's a one time thing, and we put the trust in our pro shops to do that. Um, it does take a press to do it. I know there's um, systems out there that you don't need a press, but this is the way that it's built. It's made to um, tune the bow for whatever. Uh, arrow you choose, what release you shoot, your hand pressure, your face pressure, all these things matter. And if you pick up my bow, Dan, you're not going to shoot a bullet hole because you have a different uh, form and different um, uh, selections on your accessories. And so the top hat system is made to, out of the box, we put it in a position where the majority of people will tune it with a standard setup. Now, if you have something different than that, you will have to do a move, but it's a one-time move because with our zero T axles, which are the screws on the outside of the axle, you change it, you lock it in, it never moves. And so when you were talking, Dan, about you need a bow that does not go out of tune, that is key. Um, that system's key uh, to that. You do not need to tinker because you set it once and you forget about it. It's a system that is foolproof and it's something that we're definitely sticking with this year. We're really confident in that system and our dealer's ability to use that for you specifically. Yeah, we got this thing we always say on our uh, YouTube. It's uh, ABT, always be tinkering. But I do, I think you're, uh, I got to agree with you. Like when I say tinkering, I'm messing with different arrow weights. I'm def I'm messing with different, you know, all sorts of different accessory. But the one thing I don't want to tinker with is wheeling. Uh, one and done, which I applaud these other manufacturers. Cool, you can do it, but like, still, I'm with you. It should be like a one and done deal. You got your wheeling, you know, you got your cams oriented to where they need to be, and you don't look backwards. So, really good answer. I appreciate that. Um, next one is why no bow in the 33 to 34 ATA range? We've kind of answered that, but uh, you guys do have a long long uh, draw option and you do have some crossovers. I'll answer that however you see fit, I guess. Yeah, uh, we do have a 34-inch bow um, that is in the TRX line, which is our target line. Yeah. And that was built with quiver pockets for that crossover guy we understand that there's still a demand um for a long axle to axle but we believe that it it's uh important uh, uh from a crossover target standpoint that's why the trx was made that way 
Um, and that has a wide range of draw lengths that it'll go to. So anyone looking for that crossover axle to axle range, I would uh, just check out that TRX 34. It's brand new for this year. We launched it in October. Uh, and you briefly mentioned, Dan, the Atlas. That is a 34 and three quarter inch axle to axle. Now it has a lot uh, broader or not broader. I'm sorry, just a top end draw length range 29 and a half to 34 inch it's truly a long draw bow good lord uh, you keep you keep mentioning caleb that's we call it you know the caleb bow inside these walls <laughs> because he's a 33 inch uh draw length and he said the first time he ever shot he's like i don't think i've ever shot a bow that fit me this well because he's always been cramped into you know smaller draw length so you know for a guy like that that truly has a long draw length it is the uh, best performance and you know it'll fit them the best so yeah we do have those two models uh, but again i just want to touch quick that traditionally axle to axle has been what people view as a stable bow and we just want to reiterate that with the design of the the bows these days the riser length is really where that stability is coming from not the axle to axle yeah we're gonna beat that into your guys's brains if you haven't Caught that already today. And good Lord, Caleb, 33-inch draw length. That's not fair, man. Think about that. That's not fair. He does uh, – yeah. <laughs> He's never hurting for energy, that's for sure. That's ridiculous, man. Well, all right. Um, they wanted to know if there's going to be any mods that are past 80 pounds. Um, I'm assuming they're talking pounds, not let off. I'm going to assume. So uh, give us the forecast on, I guess, mods. And um, this is from, for a guy myself. I used to be the guy that shot 85-pound bows for sure. And when I came over to Matthews, the highest I could get was 75. And I will say this with no, no mistaking, no pride. I got my 27. I had 75-pound mods on it. I went to pull it back and I took those mods off immediately and put 70 on um, because it's just, I mean, it's not that I'd rather be able to pull back nice, steady and smooth. And I'm getting ready for whitetail season where you're stuck in a tree and you know, when a deer comes in, you got to be able to pull that bow back, even when you're like cold or whatever, your adrenaline's high. So um, I guess my point is I personally don't see much of a need past 75 and I have gotten a couple of my Matthews to pull back in around 81, 82 um, through some things, but it's not really necessary. But I guess their question is, is 80-pound mods plus? Is that a potential? Uh, yeah, so actually I just want to touch. You just described perfectly what the switch weight mods, the the, necess the, the reason that they're necessary, that we believe in them, because you, did, you are able to – uh, change your bow mid-season for the game and the weather conditions that you're predicting that you'll have 100%. and that you'll run into. And so, um, but yeah, so our switch weight mods, just go over that quick, goes from 60, 65, 70, and 75 pound uh, draw weights. And that's nominal. Uh, we ship out all our bows between, if it's a 70 pound bow, 71 to 74. Mm -hmm. And so if you extrapolate that to a 75, um, what you just said is true, that you might get a uh, 76 to 79 pound bow. So you are getting a little bit more than that. We always, uh, do it that way. So you're never, you never want to have a 69 pound bow when you want a 70, you know, you're okay with having it at, uh, a little bit higher. So that's the range that we normally do. So you will, 
if you're at that top end with the 75 pound mods, get a little bit more weight out of it. Um, but again, we, we feel that with the performance of these bows that, um, 75 pounds and whatever your actual bow will weigh, um, is plenty. And what I mean by that is our bows are made just, we fight tooth and nail for every, um, efficiency that we can have. So back when you were shooting that other bow at 85 pounds, um, I'd almost bet that we were close to performance wise at 75 these days, because you're getting more out of what you put into the bow now in efficiency. Meaning when you pull that bow back, you're getting 89, um, plus percent of that energy into your arrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and back then it might've been 80% or 79% efficiency. And so you're not really getting out that 85 pounds that it's almost to compensate, uh, for the lack of efficiency. So the, how efficient our bows are, uh, how the system works, 75 pounds was the highest we could go, um, and still keep that efficiency, but you will get the speeds and the energy you need out of it with those higher mods. Well said. Yeah, guys. Uh, the other thing on the changing out mods is the let off. Uh, is there a sweet spot or is it really just personal preference on let off? And if we need to explain what let off is, we can too. Yeah. Let off is real quick. Just, um, you know, the percentage that, uh, from your peak weight to what you're holding. And so at full draw, uh, what you hold is the, you know, the difference. So if you have an 85% mod, you're holding 15% of the max draw weight. Um, and if you have an 80, you're holding 20% of that. And it comes down to per- personal preference. I shoot the eighties, uh, you know, factors that you should consider are the physical weight of your bow. If you have a lot of extra weight on your bow, like sidebars, back bars, front bar, um, heavy sight maybe um and the physical weight is a lot it actually um a higher let off will um it'll torque easier with a heavy bow so like i the example i always use is if if you have a gal shooting maybe and she's only pulling 35 40 pounds and she's got an 85 percent let off and she has a heavy bow that thing is going to be extremely easy to torque and so you need to just um uh, you know, look at your own setup, try them both and, and make the decision that's best for you. Now, there are a couple states that require an 80 or less. So like Montana, uh, it's like South Dakota as well. You need 80 percent. Uh, you can't hunt there with 85s. But um, other than that, you need to look at your personal setup. I shoot 80s because all winter I shoot my target bow and I'm shooting 70 percent let off. So I'm holding a lot more weight. I'm used to that. I like the accuracy that it provides. And I feel like the 80 is enough let off for me without sacrificing um, any um, lefts and rights that you can get with a high let off. Now, if you have a light setup and you're pulling a lot of weight, you're pulling 75 pounds, let's say, um, well, then an 85% let off might be a similar holding weight than that I have at 70 pounds, you Mm -hmm. know? So it's all your setup, uh, how you, how you like it, what, you do well and what really what you're looking at is you're balancing how long can i hold this back and how accurate can i be and so everyone will have a little different um philosophy there but you know that's the reason i shoot 80 myself well said yeah i'm an 80 or lower actually uh i'm not really into the 85 and uh i was just thinking that um when people 
outgrow their bows or they get – I mean, I know a lot of guys that just order the latest Matthews year after year. <laughs> they message me. Uh, but the cool thing about your guys' system is that, you know, back in the day when you wanted to sell a bow or get rid of something, you know, you had to hope you could find someone with your specs or they – now just – you guys made it so easy to no matter where you're at, you can make the bow fit you where you're at, given your draw weight, draw you know, your your draw length, the poundage you want to pull the lead off. It's it's a really cool system. Um, they this is probably the million dollar question, so let's get to it. Um, what are the biggest improvements or changes that set the V3 apart from already? People are just absolutely my my opinion. Bow of the year was the VXR. So. Is there any really significant changes or are people just going to sit this year out? That's kind of the language of these questions. So I'm not phrasing that. That's theirs. Yeah. So I agree. And uh, the VXR won a ton of awards and we are extremely pleased with how that line did. And the name that we picked this year kind of alludes to that, that this is the V3 and you can make of that what you want. But um, it is an extension of technology that's been working for us. There are three key differences uh, to the V3 this year that I think, um, and maybe four, uh, we throw that one in too, but uh, that I would like to make a case for. Yes. But it is a, a building block of a successful platform that we are extremely confident in. Um, but we'll start with the riser, and we hit on this uh, already, so I'll be quick. But we took the riser to axle to axle length even further than we've ever done. And by doing that, we have limbs that are now preloaded more more performance. Um, but we, you know, we had to sit down as an engineering group and, and figure out, we don't want to stress the limbs any further because they're being deflected more and getting more performance out of them, meaning efficiencies and the sound and vibration, all this stuff. We were able to do some geometry, you know, things to it that to the limb and the limb cup that lightened the bow significantly and gave the limbs, uh, just a more robustness should last even longer than our, like, forever multiple lifetime limbs that we've had um and so those two key things were is where it started now the first thing people will notice when they pull it out though is going to be the new center guard cable containment system and i talked about it earlier how things develop but this is one of those things that we've thought about for years and just looking for the right platform to implement it on and this was it um the center guard um puts the cables right in the middle of the bow meaning for the first time, your cams are going to come around, and when the stops on the mods hit the cables, your cams are perfectly in time. Before, with an offset roller guard, we had to compensate for that a little bit. We knew of maybe some of the issues with that, and we were able to do some things like a bigger roller on one side and smaller on the other uh, to ensure that the cams were as close to timed as possible, um, but they were never perfect. Now that the roller guard is with the cables are crossing right in the center of the bow, for the first time ever, your cams are now perfectly timed. And there's an added benefit of a little bit more vein clearance. And that comes in where before you had to miss the cable with your vein, which is think of that as a wall. Now you're just missing one tiny roller. So you can almost straddle that with your veins, whether you're shooting three or four fletch. And that's where you get the a little bit more vein clearance out of. So two really cool benefits. And it's a lot smaller streamlined. Again, we, we got to save some weight there. And the final thing I'll touch on, um, is a new damper. You know, as an engineer in our group, we're always trying to just get things 
to work in the most condensed, smallest platform as possible. And this is evident in this damper. It's called the new Nano 740, and it's a much smaller size. It's actually the size we use in our flatline stabilizers, uh, but with a brand new weight and a proprietary elastomer that's tuned specifically for these bows. These bows have a unique vibration um, sequence that we had to design the, the damper for. So, um, brand new for this year and uh we were able to condense it with keeping the performance uh that matthews is known for in that experience nailed it um that was obviously like what stood out to me when i got the bow before launch date was um you know you're not allowed to show people or whatever matthews you guys are kind of pretty sticklers on keeping that hush and i i respect it so um I was really just kind of relying on my own comparison. So I put it right next to the 28 and I'm eyeing it. And I'm like, all right, there's some different cutouts in the riser. They might've shaved some weight, but Holy crap. What is this? And it honestly, has anyone ever done this before? And I don't think so. Right? Like I've never seen that kind of system with that roller guard ever. And it makes so much sense. Yeah. There's never been one where it's centered on the shooting plane. Um, like right. this one is, Yeah. It just makes so much sense. But anyways, let's get – I got a couple more questions from these guys, and we're going to call it a podcast. Mark, you're awesome, by the way. Um, this is a great question. So how much is string angle given consideration when creating these shorter ATA bows, i.e. 29-inch draw length and the string angle at full draw with the V327? Is it a limiting factor? Does it maximize efficiency with those tight angles? That's a pretty technical question. Maybe it's up to personal preference, but I'd like to hear your take on it from an engineer perspective. Yeah, he asked if it's a consideration. Absolutely, we yeah. consider it. Yeah. Um, but the uh, example I want to bring up, uh, we had two of our top you know, guys that uh, hunt and shoot for us, Lee Likoski and Levi Morgan. And they're two completely different people in their bow selections, but they're both 30-inch draws. Oh. And they hunt all over the, the world. And I like to use this example because Levi shoots tournaments all year and loves the longer axle to axle, wants to be as stable as possible, and wants that string angle, like that guy uh, I'm assuming is alluding to, to be a little bit more broad. Lee Likoski, though, kills equal amount of animals, um, and it's just all over the world, loves a, a compact bow, and just absolutely fell in love with the 27. So, you know, our opinion is, it fits the style of the hunter, um, and we are confident that the between these two options, you're going to find one that fits you, fits your style, um, and you'll, you're able to adapt. Um, and, and depending on which one you pick, you may you might not even have to change any form. We're, we're confident that um, these things have been put through the the ringer. We think that the um, string angle. Um, you know, the 27 is unapologetically small. We're not ignoring the fact that it has a tight string angle, but we've had tons of kills, tons of tuning, tons of setups, um, and just uh, good review after good review. It's something that that string angle is a consideration, but not the top one. Um, not anymore, at least. You just have to experience it for yourself. Um, I know on my bow bill video that we dropped on the day of that launch, uh, my peep was getting up there pretty close, you know, pretty high, but it honestly just feels so 
good for me, and I'm a short draw length, 27 inches. I've shot a lot of bow, different style of bows. I'm telling you guys, uh, this is definitely, it just, it shoots awesome. And people were really worried about the longer distance shots, you know, past 60 with that steep angle or whatever. Not a problem. Um, I shot some really long shots yesterday and, and filmed it. And I was really impressed. Okay, last question, and then we'll finish on the ladies' bow and talk about your involvement on that, um, your family's involvement on that this year in the testing. But um, this question kind of makes sense to me, um, but it will make sense to you. It says, and this is from our listeners, I noticed the V327 was slightly slower top speed than the 31. Would this speed drop be consistent regardless of draw length or would the 27 excel with the shorter draw length guys and gals speed wise sorry if this is tough to understand thanks for your time no i get it it's a great question i was hoping yeah. it would come up because it's something that i want to address for sure um so the spec sheet is um it shows that the 27 is slower i want to just make everybody aware the 27 only maxes at 29 and a half inch draw length. IBO speeds are taken at 30. So the speed that we posted was at 29 and a half, half inch shorter than the IBO spec. So you could add five or six, depending on the bow, uh, to that number. And you'd come up with a, um, the actual true theoretical IB, IBO speed, which puts it right on par with the 31. Um, so it is not slower. Um, by a significant amount, like the, the spec sheet might say, uh, you just got to know that it was taken at 29 and a half. Cause that's the max draw length. Now I do want to talk specifically to, uh, the lower draw lengths. Like you said, Dan, it sounds like you're a 27. I'm a 28. Um, the switch weight mods that we make, they're difficult for us to make admittedly. I mean, they, it's a lot of mods to draw, to design, to inventory. It's a lot for the shops to carry, but I want to, hit this point home that individual mods um, not only allow you to change your specific bow, but also you get an individual mod that's programmed exactly for your draw length and your draw weight, meaning that you're not losing any performance. Now, the popular thing to do on some of our competitor bows right now are rotating mods. The problem with a rotating mod is it's programmed perfectly at 30 inches so that the IBO speed is at its max uh, efficiency. But as you start to rotate that down, you don't get to take advantage of all the things that you could do with a specifically programmed mod. So you're losing some stored energy and some efficiency. And that's where the individual mods shine at your 27 inch X or draw length, Dan, you're getting the most performance you can get out of that bow. Meaning the effort you put in, um, is, uh, maximized on that, the arrow velocity that comes out. You cannot get that on a rotating mod, and that's one of the reasons why switch weight mods are so important that, you know, the individual draw lengths and draw weights that you choose, the real-world specs, um, are maximized per, for performance. And that's why you'll see um, on YouTube videos or whatever, we consistently are at the top of the speed checks um, against our competitors' bows at real-world draw lengths because of that, because – uh, we do not have a rotating mod. We have specific mods programmed for that drawing. Boom. I got nothing to add to that. Uh, very cool. Let's finish with the ladies. Uh, this this flagship for the ladies is probably um, something that you guys recognized. I think a lot of 
manufacturers have that, hey man, the ladies, the ladies matter, and I guess I want to clarify: is it really just a ladies only bow, or is it can a youth bow? What is the classification? What is the application? What are the specs? And how did you guys do the testing at your household? Yeah, so uh, a short draw bow uh, might might be a better description, but we do not want to discount that we did make it for the serious woman hunter. Um, the Prima is what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. This is a sub four pound bow. It's made specifically to perform at lower weights and lower draw lengths. Um, it's made with smaller um, uh, statured archers in mind, which women normally are, and that you can get the performance out of it that you need um, when you're struggling with um, not being able to store a lot of energy because of the lower draw lengths and draw uh, weights. So, yeah, the Primo was a fun one uh, for us. You know, we, we seriously take um, consideration for these women hunters that are just getting after it. We are so blessed to have a lot of hardcore women hunters on our team that, um, really get after it, kill animals and just get down and dirty. And so we're just uh, super excited to offer them something that is made for them. You know, we've had women's bows in the past and we've always balanced, you know, when to add technology to it, but the Prima you're getting, the best technology Matthews has. You're getting all the flagship stuff. You have a center guard. Uh, you have short, um, rigid limbs. You have long riser. You have the engaged grip. You have 3D damping. You got your own engaged limb legs. So it is a premium bow made for um, short draw archers. Um, and we got to partake as a family, as you were alluded to. Um, you know, we've had a a fun and exciting year, but also a year that makes it hard for hunting. We've had our third child. We moved into a new house. Uh, we had a bunch of family weddings this fall. So hunting was difficult for us. We've just been fighting uh, tooth and nail to get out in the woods. And Gina, my wife, just loves hunting. And um, But we only had one morning to do it. So we waited for the perfect morning, October 29th. Uh, we had a mock scrape set up. I've been getting decent pictures of a lot of bucks hitting it in the morning. And we did a hanging hunt together in the same tree. And it was a, it was a great morning. Got a babysitter for the kids and she was able to just lace one at 26 yards uh, with the new Prima and get it done quick, quicker than I could this year for sure. And, um, but additionally to that, not only that, we have 12 kills with the Prima before launch. I mean, this thing has been tested um, and statistically talking, the women kicked our butts in proving ground. I mean, the amount of bows, uh, Prima bows that they got and the amount of tags punched is outrageous, like over 80%. So we just, uh, we're so excited to offer this to the ladies of Serious Hunters and just blessed to have those hardcore women on our team that can prove it out um, and not, you know, we don't have to post uh, photo shoots of women with a bow. We could just post real women killing real stuff in 12 tags before it even launches so we're really excited about that bow mm, well said and the proofs in the pudding you guys do such a good job with your your proving ground series you guys check those out on their youtube channel i'll put a link in the show notes uh you sir had a baby in september is that what you said yep uh, end of august you need to do the mathematics, Mr. Engineer, and figure <laughs> That's my second time, Dan. I've done it twice now. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, oh, man. I tell my entire family, do not have weddings 
do not die in September. I will be elk hunting. I'm just joking, but honestly, yeah, man, it's, I am kidding, but, uh, yeah, man, I appreciate your time, Matt. I know this is a busy week for you, especially, and I know it's probably a pretty rewarding week. Thank you for all your hard work and dedication. Um, you guys have a cool little secret layer at HQ that I might've got to sneak in there and look around a little bit. I might've, I might have accidentally saw the V3 back in July when I was visiting HQ and I had to be quiet about it. But uh, you guys really continue to push the envelope and more than more than your engineering and everything, the company as a whole and what you stand for. And if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, it is a faith first manufacturer of rigs that I love. And I just... That's why I came to Matthews. You guys are a Christian-based company. You make phenomenal rigs, and you have an awesome team. And I'm honored to have you on today, Mark. Where can people follow your individual uh, stories? And I know you, I, you have a social media somewhere. Where is that? So if people want to follow, I'm gonna I'm gonna make them do it. Yeah, thanks, Dan. Uh, yeah, I'm on Instagram, Mark J Hayes three. Um, but uh, more importantly, just make sure you're following MatthewsInc.com and all our social media platforms. Awesome, man. Thanks for your time. Guys, hope you got your questions answered. Go try the V3 at your local dealer. Shoot them. See what you think. Proof's in the pudding. And remember, separation is in the preparation. We'll catch you on the next one. Cool, guys. I hope you dug that. Uh, be sure to catch our series. We dropped it on Friday, and we have a new episode dropping today and every other day until we've burned through our entire 2020 elk season. It's called The Public Land Hustle. You can find it on YouTube. And we've worked our butts off to make really good footage. And my buddy Jake Webb filmed me for almost 30 days. Poor guy. Had to follow me around with the camera. I did try to kill him, but uh, he survived. He only lost 20 pounds. And good news is he's kept those 20 pounds off. And he didn't really have 20 pounds to lose, in my opinion. But the dude's ripped now. Um, so there is that benefit. Uh, it, honestly, it's a really cool series. I'm really stoked on it. Uh, let me give you a couple discount codes to end the day and, uh, we'll get back to work, get back to the grindstone vortex wear clothing made for crossover. So if you want to hunt in it, if you want to shoot in it, if you want to scout in it, if you want to take your wife on a date in it, very slick stuff. Uh, if you want to check it out on Instagram, use the hashtag fit for anywhere. You can see kind of some of the images discount code is elk shape. That'll get you 20% off their vortex wear. Wilderness athlete has a discount code elk shape 30 to get 30% off your first purchase Northwest retention. If you go to elkshape.com and look under partners, you can get a link and you can now get an elk shape specific chest holster. It's the scout. It's where I keep my Glock and my 44 mag. I have a couple and, uh, I put my bino harness right over the top that is custom made and the lead times five days. And, uh, if you buy an elk shape one, there'll be no shipping and handling. You don't have to put any discount codes in now. Yay. Stowaway Gourmet, the best tasting freeze-dried food. Discount code is ELK10. Save 10%. Start stocking up now for 2021. Black Ova still has the discount, elk shape, which will get you 15 to 20% off. You can always pick up the phone if the discount code isn't working. There are certain items that they're not allowed to advertise as, but if you call them, they'll hook it up. So that's Black Ova's discount code, elk shape. Lakewood Products. 
bow cases, Elk Shape 2020, 10% off. Climate Sleep Systems, Elk Shape 20 will get you 20% off. And lastly, Baku, if you're looking to get an e-bike, they're pretty popular nowadays. Discount code is Elk Shape 400, get you $400 off. Appreciate you guys listening to this episode. We'll catch you next week. We're going to be interviewing, honestly, one of the most amazing bow hunters that I've talked to and that I've found. And he's out of Montana. He's killed 23 out of the 29 North American big game species. And he's pretty young. He's pretty darn blue collar. Uh, Very impressive resume. You guys are going to really dig that episode. So come back next week. We'll catch you on that one. Have the best week ever. And remember, separation is in the preparation.